I am Amy Eastwood and this is brought to you by Access Radio New Zealand on air. Uh, today we're going, we have back into orbit. Hello. Hi. So can you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Paul Stewart. I play guitar in Into Orbit and uh, my other band member is Ian Moi on drums and that's it. That's just the two of us. <laughs> oh yes, yes, just two. And because this is the second time, uh, I'm trying something a little different today. So lucky listeners, this is the, uh, the prototype. Um, I am known for not doing reviews. However, I'm going to do something a little bit like it, but not really. We're going to do an album breakdown. So cool. You have your new album out called Kinesis. Yes. Would you like to tell us a little bit about it? Um, yeah. Uh, so we, after we did Unearthing, um, being our second album, we wanted to obviously keep moving forward in terms of releasing, um, you know, long playing records um, and maintaining our current band setup. We uh, we've always liked pushing things in terms of the sound, the, the possibilities of, of the sound of two people um, and what was different about this time I think that we haven't done so much of before is that we ended up looking back through hundreds of hours of recordings of jams Like so ever since we started the band we've recorded everything um, and even in the early days when we had quite a primitive recording setup, we would uh, track everything just in the room and listen back and from stuff that you know maybe from from around even Cavan's era 2014 and also the unearthing um, period we've there were some gems that I, I guess had kind of passed us by or we'd gotten on to other things because we're always quite busy as a band so we hadn't um, given some of these sections or pieces the attention maybe they deserved and um, so we found that we had this wealth of stuff um, there that um, we set about uh, turning into tracks um, turning into songs um, and sometimes through just uh, splicing together the jams and um, sometimes we'd realise that something was in a, in a different tuning and we'd have to kind of um, uh, transpose it down or, or we'd um, maybe a riff sound we'd only play it once really well <laughs> um, and 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 because we do all our looping in our jams as well there were multiple ideas often um, uh, not, some of them not so refined and some of them quite refined and, and, and as you hear them on the album um, that had come through and so it was an interesting process of listening back to sort of the past versions of ourselves and <laughs> and um, there was you know occasionally times where I'd realised that I was using a piece of gear that I no longer had or had broken or, so that was you know having to find a workaround for that um, and there and then there there were this is the song Burial Mask which um, was the start of that came out of I think the first ever jam we had after we released Unearthing um, and for me I, I think most musicians there's this period after this kind of uh, afterglow after you, when you when you've released something and it's finally out in the world and you, you feel like you can get out of that uh, constant process of listening and re-listening and mixing and mastering and all, all of those aspects of recording and you just get back to jamming and, and that, that for us has been how we've always created music. So the start of Burial Mask at least, that, that was you know something that came quite fresh um, and there were other songs that didn't make the cut that we had had left over from you know Kevin's and Unearthing days um, but it was a really uh, exciting time because um, it made us just realise how much we 
um, we have written, you know, or we have jammed o over the years, and um, because they were in the room, um, live jams, there was a spontaneity to a lot of it that um, we tried really hard to capture. Um, and so we we actually, at one point we recorded the whole album, um, some of the songs in different guises and different forms, um, and we were kind of almost ready to move on to mixing and 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 have it in that iteration. Um, but then we got, as we have with all our albums, we got back into playing it all live as one piece of music, um, and we did a gig where we decided to play the entire album um and yeah. and uh, without telling anyone and, mm. and it was a eye gum yeah they put the, that was epic <laughs> yeah oh, it was it was it was cool it was like um i guess from an audience perspective it was probably quite it, different it was um, great because i was um <laughs> i was waiting for a song I recognised to come and it never came. But yeah. I actually liked it. It was just like, okay, this is new. Okay, this is new. Yeah. Okay, this is new. Okay, I guess they're just throwing out new material. <laughs> yeah, <them>. yeah, <laughs> and and uh, that was um, quite freeing, I think, because one of the things, and and it's happened ever since we did Kinesis and we've done our overseas shows and we've played, you know, since the album's been released, we've played a lot of quite a few shows and. Um, there's always that point where you start hearing the album version in your head as you're playing and um, it's hard to make the live version sometimes match up to that and it's always because it's such a different beast but with that because we hadn't released any of it it was really um, a very yeah very freeing and, and um, exciting to to play the music um, to I guess an unsuspecting audience and because we don't talk to the crowd at all um, there was never a moment where <laughs> we could acknowledge it we, we, we didn't acknowledge it ourselves and we just um, played it as we would any other set so um, the live versions of these songs uh, has, have been really crucial uh, it's always been about moving back towards those in terms of tempo and energy and, and just overall sound um, and yeah yeah, because the thing I noticed, probably one of the first things I noticed when I listened to this album all the way through, mm. and now it makes a lot of sense that you describe how it was made, mm. is it does sound like a mix between the styles of Cabins and Unearthing. Yeah, I think I think it does. I think it's a natural... Um, it's, it's, it's great to be able to have stuff to, to look back on and, be, and to actually identify as that's our style you know that's that that's an aspect of our style that I, we want to bring into a third album or um and 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 yeah that's it's great to be able to have that to look back on and and pick out those common um traits that the that the new songs have um however though i don't think it's a definitely it's definitely not a backwards album like even though it is a mix between Kevin's on Unearthing, there's new shit going on there. Yeah, um, yeah. A lot more weird guitar sounds. Yeah. And the thing I noticed, probably more so because I'm a guitarist, sorry, Ian, mm. um, there's a lot more lead on it. Yeah, there's yeah. There's a lot more lead on it. There's a lot, there's a lot more um, lead playing, and um, that's something I've always tried to move away from. Um, but um, I... You know, I, I give Ian a lot of credit in this. That he, he encourages me to you know, play leads, and and um, I, I have issues with kind of well, in a recording context, you know, getting the right performance. And I think that's where, as as the two of us, as a songwriting partnership, it's really great to have someone who's a you know who who hasn't played the part to say. You know that's the that's the beat you should go with, or, or that that works really well, and um, we've done that a lot in the past with lead, you know, inverted commas, the lead guitar in, in our our music because at first it was uh, um, something that I, I didn't do a lot of um, because I often was layering things up in a texture more textural way, and there's actually not much room after that to to play lead guitar. 
um, but with quite a few of these songs it um, it's often about having a, a more I mean I guess the structures in some ways are less linear and in, in that there's the, the the use of lead guitars to um, affect a, a climax where or a crescendo where possibly um, a lot of extra volume or a lot of extra layering would have been used in the past and so that was quite a um, uh, a, a departure, I think, and I, I, you know, the majority of the songs have some kind of lead guitar and and, and or yeah, 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 or, or a couple of, of it, solos. I mean, you yeah. talk about layering, but yeah. you're actually layering leads mm, mm. with a loop pedal. Yeah, I was, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we've, we've, in the first song, Shifter, that we did as a single, um, that's got. You know, you're kind of an almost, I guess, something that recalls Baroness or one of those um, bands with the harmonised, clean kind of lead guitars, um, and that's something I've I've always loved and and just rock metal music in general. Um, but something I, you know, I, I don't think again again I think with particularly with a loop, the looping scenario, you don't want to overdo things to the point where they become um uh what's the word you know uh just a, just a the, the, you don't want to something to feel like a familiar device that you're over right. overdoing a like sort a, of a, like a gimmick yeah like a gimmick or a kind of a trope of of, of, of this of the of your own your own style um you want it to seem fresh so if, if there's a i wouldn't want to have three or four songs with harmonized lead guitars because mm. It starts to become something that the to me the kind of whole apparatus the the machine the machines you're using then become too obvious um, because yeah. the concept of layering one guitar with another harmonized guitar over the top of it and even the you know intervals you choose to use the the way that 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 part is constructed is 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 also and 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 I'm a big fan of of I guess a nod to you know not giving a nod towards the stuff that influences you and there's there's something about those harmonies of major thirds and the way that those are layered that that instantly recalls that sort of genre um and a, maybe a bit more of the old school metal sound or or um something that you you instantly locate within that genre um and but then I think it's also exciting to offset that with something that's more discordant or or um, riff driven on at, at, at the same time <laughs> Second track on Kinesis. Um, so yeah, that's that's a catchy riff. Mm, yeah, yeah. Last time, you know I like catchy riffs. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, it's kind of uh, talking about you know paying homage to to your influences. It was almost um, uh, almost it's got a similarity to dark matter of unearthing in some ways the 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 construction of the the riff and the um, the drum parts around it, but um, it kind of takes off and 
directions that that song doesn't yeah. so much. <laughs> Definitely, and I love some of the sounds on it. Um, yeah. Like, I don't know if you know what a what a koto is, a Japanese koto. Like they're like string harp instruments where you it with oh really? Yeah. No, no, I like, don't know that. Yeah. Like oh, those. cool. So, um, there's a bit of a sort of a Eastern kind of influence in there. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, I'm always, I always like to, even within the space of one song, try and give people a sound that is doesn't instantly recall an electric guitar because it's um, electric guitar is such a defined sound you know there, there is the kind of recognizable tone that you you hear um and and and, and there's all, all the you know um, various ways people use it but it, so it's hard to to get things that sound a, a little bit ambiguous and, and likely not coming out of a guitar but that's cool to, cool to hear because it's it's um, definitely something that we um try and bring across you know in, in some of our songs at least this is one example, we'll get to some of this later, but um, this album's full of um, moments like that. Mm. Like, not on one of the songs we're going to be looking at um, today, but on one of our other songs, like, the ending sounds like a Nintendo Game Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Crystallize, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was, um, uh, that was, uh, um, Ian found, found that little, little ending, um, because we did, we did a lot of reamping of the guitars for this album um, and one of the issues with that was that we were finding it hard to get really like the, on the unearthing of all of these squalls of feedback and, which came as a result of me being right in the room with the amps which is mm. probably not the best approach for, for our ears and things like that but we, so with, with the reamping because the guitar wasn't you know, interacting in the room um, we, we weren't able to get that so if we, often we would Go. We would do. Um, we would go back through live takes and find, you know, textural bits or feedback that that kind of worked. And, and that thing with the pedal going, the you know, the uh, it almost sounds sounds like um, that who was it Teenage Wasteland or something. You know, the, the, that kind of like a se- almost sequencer kind of thing going on, um, and. Yeah, actually, that was the one of the things with one of my pedals that I don't, I don't have anymore that um, that could do that. And it was so I can't actually do that that little bit live. But um, yeah, it's some um, there's some cool stuff like that on there. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed about this album, maybe you've done it before, but I didn't um, notice it. But I really noticed it on this track. Is there are instances where the guitar's playing exactly the same thing? But Ian changes, and it just makes everything sound completely different. Yeah, that yeah that happens happens, and I think you know all of our albums. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's it's less noticeable than others. But but the, it's a big core of our of our sound is that um, Ian is the the live instrument at all times. Um, He's not doing any looping, so he he's able to um, alter the feel or the um, intensity of something, um, and it can be as you know it can be a simple change or it can be something that really offsets the the rhythm or the the um, feel of the riff um, in a big way, um, and particularly in, the, in that in between stars because that first but um, that first riff does loop with various parts played over the top of it quite a few times um i think it's it's crucial you know that that that, and i know ian puts a lot of effort into making these drum parts so that they're they are parts you know that that, that evolve and it's not just a a beat to to sit behind the riff it's they've got their own hooks um and uh and then and there's you know there's bits in, in between stars where um I, I assume you know the the part would have been changed after I did the solo because there's, there's little bits where he'll sync up with um, with the solo. So that that's that's I find I always find that exciting because that's again if I'm playing the solo that is live over the top and so it can it can kind of move have different movement from just a static looped riff um, 
and so it really helps with you know just even at the ends of sections um or or you can have these you know four bar phrases which will suggest that something something that is about to come and 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 these sort of motifs in the drums that um that uh will will return you know so at the start there's a um that kind of military style drum roll that he's doing and then and then when it at the end of the first section where everything cuts out again it comes back and then you know he's actually at one near the end he's doing blast beats and so there's yeah there's, yeah yeah i wanted to talk about mm. that because the end groove is really cool yeah and yeah. um and look, funnily enough that was the bit that made me think oh i've heard this song before from when you played live, because yeah. I, I remember yeah, playing yeah. it live, where he like was like he would bring his drumstick up really, yeah, hard, yeah, and then just and and yeah. and I instantly heard that riff, and I go, because you know when you see stuff live, maybe once or twice, you can't always remember it, yeah. But just that bit, I could like imagine him, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing it, you know. And and it's so cool. I I think the the contrast in the in the end, middle to the end of that song is great because it's a moves from. Uh, very everything's quite busy, apart from the guitar lead, which is quite slow, and then, um, and then it all breaks down to half time, and it's it's kind mm. of um, back finishing with a groove, and and I think um, that's, you know that 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 for us in the last two albums definitely that um, having heavier riff driven grooves and and things that. Um, that people can really engage with and and and, and that that are not um, based on the technicality of, of looping or or um or anything like that um, that's really come to the fore um, and and that's that ending is you know it's quite short but it's it feels like the right place for that song to go. Um, Yeah, like yeah. Science fiction film soundtrack. Yeah, I think um, it's it's in terms of um, composition. You know, it's it's one of the most sparse things we've done in some ways, and and just that it's very um, simple. Uh, there's there's nothing really until it goes heavy that sounds too kind of traditionally like a guitar that that, mm. that we you know that we in terms of normal guitar sounds anyway um and it's um yeah it's definitely a, an important 
piece for the, for the album as a whole, like because it's um, it does it kind of moves up and down in its own way, um, and it doesn't. Uh, it's not clear that it's going to kind of build to a, any particular point. It started off shorter and it didn't actually go that heavy. Um, but again, that was once we started playing it live, we sort of got to a point where we wanted to be quite loud. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh, you want to hear some some kind of punch to it. Um, um, and it's sort of one of the challenging ones um, to do with the loop pedal live, um, we've found, because there's a lot of space between the notes. Um, and so the, there's, we, we're always... It's 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 a real concentration piece in terms of having to um, really focus on um, just pulling back. And both of us, I think, it's it's about restraint um, and not you know not not drowning each other out. And and, and it's it. I enjoyed it. It's a live. We we played it a few times on the when we were in Europe and. Um, it always feels like a very different, um, a very different piece from the because we have been going in, in many ways in a more riff-driven kind of mm. direction, and that is really about like I guess what I said it was sparse. It's, it's not it, there's a lot of texture going on there, but it's um, uh, it is all about pulling back, and and each part is is um, is quite subtle. It's there's there's nothing. In term, like until the lead it's, itself kind of comes in that, that really takes over and um, I think that's what it makes me reminds me of um, classical music mm. because um, the lead could be an oboe mm. or a violin yeah like, yeah it's got a different sound to it definitely yeah yeah and I can definitely like I could totally see that being arranged for strings in a choir mm. like mm. totally easily mm. and I think that's why I really like it and I think I like that song live because it 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 sort of breaks up. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, I love your heavy stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I do like that thrown in. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it. When we've played longer sets, um, we did, um, you know, in, in Europe we did a couple of ninety-minute sets, and um, that was kind of playing most of what we have really, um, and. That song more so than any of the other soft like we've done this songs like Scattering Light and Ophelion and um, stuff that we've done on previous albums, um, but this one yeah it's 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 like a in some ways it's an interlude, um, but it's it's got a lot more happening than just that, um, but it, it's a yeah in terms of. It's 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 all about texture and and um, and a, a, a definitely a different kind of feel and and you know I think the the drums on it are fantastic because it's mm. they just they they give it w- without that there would be there'd be very little to to latch onto rhythmically but it's that kind of um, I feel like with the start with both the bass part and the drums um, and that's another thing I think we've done more of on this album is is incorporating our our bass sound and and trying the two of us playing like a rhythm section at times um instead of just seeing the 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 octave you know the the lower octave stuff as as just a supplement to the guitar sound i definitely noticed Mm. that i noticed that um sometimes the loop of the bass will come in before the guitars do yeah which didn't happen as much before no no i think um and is at times think you know thinking about the bass parts um, as you know have, as having more of a, a hook to them, um, and 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 locking in with the drums more, um, and and I think yeah that the, the, there's more of a focus on them um, than than there was previously. I think. Yeah.
that is track number seven, Burial Mask. So yeah, we've talked about it before. For me, this this song was nicely familiar because it does sound like something off the unearthing, but again, just with more beats. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, it was it was something. Yeah, we so it came out of very close. The, well, the first bit anyway came out of you know, near the unearthing cycle you know when we just released that and um, it was different originally we had it starting with the the chugging rhythm um, and then we had other things coming in um, but we altered things a bit so that it starts a little bit more, get more sparse and um, gives that groove a, a bit of a chance to it, it kind of gets ramped home on the drums and then you have the guitar um, take over um, that and um, yeah I, I think like we we with with um, with equilibrium on um, unearthing it was first probably the first song we'd done which had kind of taken a takes a few unusual turns and that it it's um the I mean I think we we're always trying to re you know rehash the the um approach of loud soft and you know and, and what and, and um and get away from that as much as possible but it, but still you you know I think those those there are tools that use the uh where they're pulling back on volume and or, you know going all out with it they're definitely an instrumental music they're important um in any kind of instrumental music but it's it's about um for us i think at this point trying to um make those shifts um a little more surprising and so we've got a couple of songs with shifter and, and burial mask on on this album which have kind of their own in in the individual sections there's they have their own crescendos and, and own kind of sense of getting to somewhere um, it's not always about um, just one point right at the end which is where everything goes to 11 and, and yeah. knocks your head off and, and I, I enjoy doing that you know just sort of um, having moments where you're getting to a certain point and then and it feels reasonably satisfying but then dipping down and then um, trying you know pulling that aspect out again at a certain point because yeah. yeah, um we sort of talked about this last time regarding unearthing, but it's sort of like um, an anti-climax. Mm. And, and I'll explain what I mean by that. Is that <laughs> most um, pops, post-rock music mm. seems to start soft, then it gets loud, and then it tapers off. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas Shifter and Burial Mask, mm. they, they start heavier, mm. then they go softer. Yeah, and then yeah. They build up again. Yeah, yeah. And and those two, um, you know, they're. Um, they're, quite, they're unique on the album and they do that um, and I think it, it works it, do, it does it's just a bit of a I guess a surprise um, in this genre of music um, and to sort of have, um, have yeah having contrast between those more riff driven sections and then things that are um, much more textural or layered is that um, you know, it's, it feels like a a way to um, get multiple ideas across in a song without just always feeling like it's linear and, and building, you know, one layer after another. And I think that's um, been what what we've tried to do um, with the songs ever since Cavern. So you, you know, try and find because we are using looping as as a um, technique. It, it's to write songs with with that in mind, where, as opposed to um, just seeing it as a tool where you can add whatever you want over the top. And, and the thing is, you can't. You know, there, there, there are there are certain things that I will do at home, with, you know, plug into the computer and have you know one track pan left and one pan right, and, and then you go and, and it works really well. And then you work, look at it in a looping context, and it just doesn't. You can't get one or the other of the layers to work or or it's hard to stay in time with what you're doing so doing it in the light in a live 
context to start with means that we know that that these structures work and and sometimes it's it is a you know it's about challenging ourselves and um saying look regardless of how how quickly you might need to start looping this thing it's the song sounds better if if this thing only this part only comes in for two measures and then you cut it out or um and so with with like for shit with shifter for example it's it starts with the um riff and then there's a tapping melody and there's a tapping harmony and then the tapping disappears and it, another lead takes over and and so so it's not always a gradual build up of of things it's kind of uh, thinking about things more as you would if you did have other band members in the room who could quickly change riffs and Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we were just, uh, yeah. I got to see how you did that live. Yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's something I've had with my the way my strings are done, wrapped on my the bridge of my guitar, or tailpiece of my guitar, and it, I kind of found that this was a, a, a bit that came out in a jam um, of. Um, I used to use it that thing of picking behind the the bridge as a like if you do start with the high strings and hit them really hard you get a kind of a screech and it to me it sounded kind of cool so we um in this jam it must have been playing around with having um using that and then also playing bass notes with the left hand um so it sort of has the illusion of two two parts going at once um and yeah, yeah and, and, the, and the bass part almost sounds like um, a Phantom of the Opera pipe organ. Yeah, mm. going on. yeah, it's quite, it's kind of interesting. It's not as um, on the recording. I dubbed it with a second layer, but um, it's still the there's a kind of imbalance between the low notes and the screeching harmonics, just because they're cutting through everything. So you, you, there's a um, kind of a almost muffled nature to the to those bass notes but um I quite like that it sort of gives a um it makes it a little more organic sounding and, and just sort of um different from what you expect with it if you for example just had a, a bass come in at that point and, and play the part on its own yeah definitely it sounds awesome and it's so heavy oh my god mm. I, I would say yeah, this is the heaviest song on the album. Yeah, it's probably one of our heaviest songs we've done. Um, yeah, yeah, def- definitely on the album. It's um, there's um, I think it's it's heavy in, in the in the 
well, I guess the construction of the roofs, but also just the um, the atmosphere of it. It's sort of got an oppressive um, yeah, yeah. It's got a bit of kind of tension to it, I think, as well, which um, you know, to me, is is um, is heavy, regardless of, of of what you're using to kind of execute it. Yeah. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I've always thought that heaviness was a lot more than what kind of distortion. Mm. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, mm. The scale you use and things like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, a lot of. Um, a lot of stuff in, in that song which is just um it has a chaotic kind of feel to it also um, nearing the end once it pulls out of the um the groove at the you know to kind of three-quarter point um and uh we've there's been times we've, since we've um written it we've closed the set with it and so it kind of uh gets to especially playing live with the chords that ring out at the end you get sort of kind of wacky feedback happening and things so it does have that slightly out of control feel um, and uh, I particularly like bits where I get to turn all the loops off and just play because you know, I'm not worried about so much going wrong <laughs> yeah but it's, it's just fun mm. to riff out yeah really mm. um, and oh my god those solos are metal like oh yeah! Totally let them go of your metal, metal, yeah, metal yeah, there's, a, there's a fast, fast bit in there. Mm. Kept, kept mucking up. So did lots of takes. But, but um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, again, it's it's kind of I hate to say it, but it's sort of what the song calls for sometimes. And you, mm. you, you know, you sometimes feel silly playing guitar solos because it, you know, so, so many people can overdo them and, and do them badly, but. Um, sometimes it, it's it's it is what's needed to um, kind of elevate a part. And um, you know, I like I like listening to guitar solos, and I, I, they're, they're fun to play. And, and um, to me, they're always uh, after I record them, I make sure I learn them because I like to have. Um, it always disappoints me when I see someone kind of completely forget what they've recorded as a solo um, and I understand that's part of some some people's style but it is it's fun to then see them as their own um, their own kind of vocal part you know the, the, especially instrumentally you, there, there's a, a expression that you can get out of um, playing lead guitar that um, you can't always get out of other styles of, um, of electric guitar so Sometimes they, they work, you know. And, um, well, that's hmm. one thing I've always liked that into all that is, um, I mean, I've known for ages that, like, you're fully capable of shredding it up. You just don't. And hmm. one of the things I like about into all that is you do do what the song calls for. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's it's really laid bare when you're just two people because there's all these. Um, yeah, there's all these chord chord voicings and and um, styles of guitar that I love and I will play happily play with when there's a bigger ensemble there and and you know just even how how many um, you know how how lush and um, how many octaves you're spanning with a chord and things like that it can all be dictated by what the other players are doing but because um, especially at certain points in our songs where there's no nothing's been laid down yet, there's always a need to fill things out, and that sometimes means some that often means playing something simple and and that doesn't require a lot of technicality. Um, but I think I think in recording we we try the 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 sort of solo option, lead guitar option is um, becomes more apparent because you can actually sit back and and try different things and um to me they're all about um finding the right you know finding the right notes and and um making something that sings on its own um and if it does feel like you're running through uh a you know a book of guitar techniques then it probably shouldn't be <laughs> shouldn't be there but you know it's well, was uh, it, um david gilmore always said that um solo should be like singing Mm. Like, mm. like they should be like, 
what a singer would do. Yeah, not, yeah. Not what a guitarist would yeah. do. Yeah, and I do I do a lot of um a lot of solos on one string or two strings. Um I like the sliding and bending to different notes instead of maybe always fretting them. Is it is it still fretting? No, you yeah, something yeah, something along those lines. Because I, I, I find that um I the, the more vocal the, the more melodies that are reminiscent of, of vocals come out of that. Um, you know, and the one of the great examples is the slide guitar and that you're you know, often you're always having there's a a way of getting to a certain note and it's not as simple as just putting your pinky on the eighth fret and um like to me that's um that can add a more vocal quality to it because your um you know singers have that struggle to get from to these big leaps and and it's interesting I, I enjoy um looking at just songs with really cool vocal melodies and a lot of spend a lot of time playing Beatles songs on those arrangements of with melody and chords and seeing how they you know once you know a chord progression how does the melody actually fit in mm. um to the the chords and you know a lot of those great vocal melodies are they're not utilizing big jumps between notes it's it's often it's it's about the interaction between those melodies and the chords behind them and um so i i think yeah I was thinking about that it was a lot of those leads on this this album are using just one or two strings, um, and you know they they're not um, trying to be shows of virtuosity or anything. It's just a, um, a, another another kind of part of the the palette of of, of guitar really, um, along with atmospheric stuff and heavy stuff and all that. Uh, we're at the end. Mm-hmm. Can you pick one song? Off uh, Kinesis, maybe one that we haven't already done. Yeah, to play at the end in full. Mm. Play um, Pale Sky. That's that's a cool one. Okay, Pale Let's Sky. Go. So we've been doing an album breakdown of Into Orbit's new third album, Kinesis. It is available on Bandcamp and also at their gigs and. Uh, I have been Amy Eastwood, and this has been Wellington Rocks, brought to you by Axis Radio New Zealand on air. Uh, just a quick reminder, you can uh, support the show on Patreon. And here is Into Orbit with Pale Sky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>